everyone, welcome back to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast. Your regular hosts are back with you this week. I'm Kate. I'm Mike. I'm Shruti. And today we are discussing the internet phenomenon, the widely beloved (laughs) show, Netflix hit Stranger Things, season four. Volume one came out on May 27th. Volume two just dropped on July 1st. All three of us have watched the whole season. We have lots of thoughts, lots of theories, uh, lots of chaotic takes for you. But yeah, I wanted to just kind of quickly get both of your initial reactions before we fully dive into everything this season had to unpack. I hated it. Oh, oh no! Shit. No, no, no. no it, oh god. No, that was just a joke. That was just a joke. I was like, how did we have no idea that Mike hated it? But, he did the thing. But the thing with Mike is like, you I would never be- I would believe that. Like, if you just but here's out- the thing: if he actually hated it. He would have made it known to us That's way true. earlier than right now us. on this he podcast. Ca- he would have called us and been like, this was trash. <laughs> no, I feel like I've hidden some pretty good surprises. Uh, <laughs> the Moonstruck one came out of nowhere. But, we, knew, you, we knew you hated it before we started recording, though. Yeah, true. Um, no, I, I liked it. Um, I have mixed feelings about it. I think I, think I liked it more than the average person Mm -hmm. Uh, but i don't but i don't fall into either camp of like i feel like there are a lot of people that feel strongly either way like i feel like some people just didn't really care for it all too much and then some people were over the moon in love with it i was never compelled i guess at any point in time like i was never that much never too attached to it like there were plenty of episodes I really enjoyed and I, I liked watching it and I was um, interested in the plot. There's others I was less interested in, but I was never, I never had strong emotions either way, I guess is what I'm trying to say. As a um, fangirl of week to week television, I've always been just a little salty of Stranger Things. I because knew you were going to talk about this. I just think that like if Stranger Things any of the seasons had released on a week-to-week basis, it would not have been good. Like, I think that a lot of seasons one, two, and three fall into the same um, pattern and rabbit hole of, we're not going to let these characters talk to each other because if they talk to each other, then all of their problems would be resolved. So we're going to keep these two or two or three teams separate and then at the end of the season they're all going to come together and once you get the momentum of them coming together and sharing information and figuring things out while you're binge watching the season you have a thrilling experience and really enjoy it however if you watched one episode a week it would be unbelievably frustrating to see these characters just not communicate this season you didn't even have the characters ever come together at the I end know. of the day. <laughs> so it felt even more frustrating to me. And in addition to that, going into it, I was just like already exhausted by the run times before I even started. I was like, I don't want nine movies. I want eight episodes of television. And so the fact that almost every episode was over an hour, the finale was two hours and 20 minutes. I was just exhausted before it even started. And so like, I I feel like my opinions were almost... Uh, you know, lessened because I was going in a little sour on the show. But overall, I still enjoyed what they did. I was still, like, happy to be back in Hawkins, happy to be back with the characters, happy to be exploring the lore again once we got into it. I just, I don't know. We got, should I play the voice note that we got? Sure. 
Okay, so we got a voice note from a listener named Gabby about her thoughts on the show. I thought the first six episodes of this season were like some of the best episodes of Stranger Things so far. I felt like they were more scary than every other season. I felt like they had better storytelling. But then the last two episodes absolutely flopped for me. I felt like the dialogue was horrible and they were just trying to make two Marvel movies worth of action with absolutely no substance. Thoughts, reactions, agree, disagree. I think I kind of agree with her take. I agree that I was very encapsulated by volume one. Like some of those arcs and some of those episodes, I felt like were some of the best in the entire series, especially anything that had to do with Sadie Sink and Max. Mm -hmm. Dear Billy as an episode, I think is my very favorite Stranger Things episode of all time, like throughout the whole series. Wow. And then... I was, I still think like volume two was very exciting, but it was just so tiring to like watch one of the episodes one night because me and my parents were watching them like every single night and then have to watch a two and a half hour episode the next night. And it was like, why do I feel like I'm watching a full length film? You know, like this isn't, this isn't supposed to be a movie. This is supposed to be television. I understand like the, it felt like, there was so much but so little going on at the same time. Yeah. It was it was frustrating to see like some of some of the teams, like you know they were broken up into so many different teams. Some of the teams were doing insanely fast-paced suspenseful stuff. Max and Lucas especially, like I was on the edge of my seat with those two. And then it was hard to then pivot to like Nancy and Robin and um Steve just being choked out by vines for like an hour jo- no joanna robinson at the ringer actually timed how long they're being strangled for and said they're being strangled for 30 minutes um, right like they would be dead it doesn't make any sense like there is a lot of fat on this and you can trim the fat like exactly. almost every person i've talked to about the show is like no it could be shorter and i just don't like I like television. I like a con- like condensed one hour. Like one hour is fine. I think when you go over that, honestly, like what are you doing with your time? I almost yeah. judge you more because like can you not tell a con- complete succinct story? Like why do you need this more time? It, I almost think it makes it worse for it. I kind of liked it. <laughs> Michael, I, stop contradicting us. <laughs> I did. Um and well, it's also interesting, you know, to to hear that voice note because my viewing experience was was sort of the opposite of that, um, where I wasn't really thrilled with part one at least right out of the gate. I feel like you could uh, very clearly map how my interest uh, charted sort of throughout this season four of Stranger Things. The first like three episodes, I did not care for. It was kind of weird. Um, I wasn't into the the Vecna character at first. Um, you know, and I've read, like, a lot of uh, material about the parallels between uh, this season and, like, A Nightmare on Elm Street in particular in the horror genre. And that's what I didn't particularly enjoy about the first couple of episodes is that this felt more horror-related than it did... I guess, sci-fi and fantasy Mm -hmm. that Stranger Things was grounded in the first couple of seasons. Um, 
so it took me a while to get into it but then you know by the last few episodes of part one i was i was bought in i was hooked and you know anticipating the drop of part two and then it was uh what was there nine episodes total yeah so so episode eight seven and then eight and nine yeah so and then when part two dropped right episode eight I did not care for. Just I was it's like, all about Papa, yeah. Because well, because it was, and actually, and I liked that they brought back Doctor Brenner. Yeah. Um, but to me, eight was just like typical setup episode. We're not doing anything. It takes here. Brenner literally an hour to die. He dies four different times. Yeah. I. I, I have to admit, I did have tickets to go see Minions, The Rise of Gru. And so I was kind Stop. of watching the clock because I needed to leave soon and the episode wasn't ending. But I was like, can this man just freaking die? Like, it was taking him so long. But but regardless of me not really caring for episode eight, um, I actually did. I did like the finale a lot. And I didn't mind that it was so long. Um, I guess I just, like, enjoyed being in Hawkins again and having them all, you know, come back together at the very end. But it's like, I remember I like paused and I'm like, oh shit, there's like another half hour to go. I know. And I wasn't upset about that. I was, I was still interested to see what was to come. Um, so I guess no complaints on my end. I really didn't care all season long about the episodes being long over an hour. I felt like I was able to watch them sort of on my time take pauses you, if I needed to. Did you to. watch them start to finish or you watched in chunks? Define like, would you, start like, to finish. Like if you started chunks. an episode, would you, if you start an episode, would you pause it in the middle if you hadn't finished it yet or would you not get up until you finished that episode? There were a couple where I paused and finished later, yeah. Like I would I, pause it, go out for a few hours, come home and finish the episode. Yeah, yeah. that happened a couple of times. I Not with f- the finale, though. Yeah, well, I would have done that for the finale, but my roommate was like, no, I want to watch it all. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. I guess we'll watch it all. But for the first part, for the first chunk that dropped, especially because it was, what, Memorial Day weekend. And so I was like, in and out. If I was like eating yeah. for 20 minutes, I would watch 20 minutes to watch it. And I understand this is a me problem. Like... If I wanted to, I could have sat down and started watch them start to finish. But there's something about like modern culture that when a season of Stranger Things drops, I feel like this intense pressure to have had finished it within three days of it dropping. Yeah, exactly. It'll, it's get, not spoiled. Even, it'll yeah. get spoiled because I'm pretty good at avoiding spoilers. As you know, how spoiler phobic I am. I am trained at be, making sure I don't encounter them but I want to engage with the conversation you know what I mean which is why mm. I would be so much better if it was week to week because then I could just watch the episode and engage with yeah, the conversation for that week and I just again I'm sorry I know that Netflix can't drop all the episodes week to week because a lot of their binge watching fans would be mad but if you dropped it week to week and were able to discuss it on a weekly basis it would be more interesting unless you're each episode isn't actually nuanced enough to stand the week-to-week conversation and you need people to binge it so they glance over all of the kind of mumbo-jumbo plot holes and things going on. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll admit, like, I did find the pacing at times of season four, like, kind of rough. Like, I would be, I feel like it would be so high stakes like, I'm so in tune to everything that's going on. I'm so nervous for these characters. <laughs> and then we just jumped yeah. to California and Argyle, and they're smoking blunts in the surfer pizza van, and that song is playing, like, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And I was just like, okay, 
so now I have to. Oh my gosh! Especially when they went to oh, Susie's yeah. house. I completely forgot I, I was about like, that. Holy that, shit! That that episode to me was like the equivalent of the episode in season two when Eleven <laughs> meets Callie or like eight, and they go on like this like city like mm-hmm. adventure outside of Hawk, and and I just I just really think that like the show suffers so much when it tries to take the show out of Hawkins. The Russia I like plot the Russia plot. Wait, sorry, can we, can we talk no, about No, I'm Susie saying it wasn't that. Before we move on to Russia. Yeah. I think yeah, the yeah, Susie yeah. household sequence is super bizarre, and I was like, what is going on? But... Oh, they might try Ugh. to make a spinoff. I mean, they have 80,000 spinoffs Do you in think the that work, could so be I wouldn't it? be surprised if that was the case. But here's the thing. If it was a 40-minute episode where they went to Susie's house and it was just a weird, bizarre, standalone episode that had that look and feel and tone, I would be full game, like, interested and fascinated by it. The fact that it's just 20 minutes of a hour and 20-minute episode where you, like, kind of go into this tone for 20 minutes that's a little bit goofy and then you're going to jump out of it, that's what makes it not work. Like, if they wanted to do it, and I believe I, I listened to a podcast that said, like, if you the more episodes you have, the more you have to pay your actor. So just having nine long episodes is easier for them than twelve short episodes. However, with the amount of money they're right. already spending on Stranger Things, just pay your actors more and make your episodes actual episodes I of know. television. Yeah. I mean I guess like one of the main reasons why I didn't mind this season being so much longer is that I always thought the other seasons of Game of... or Oh my god, I almost said of Game of Thrones. Uh, Game of Thrones! <laughs> I always thought the other seasons of Stranger Things always felt so quick to me. Like, yeah! Really? No, because I it's like, like I would... Like, when they're so short, I would binge it in two days. And it's like, you wait... You would You wait, like, more. fucking two years for a new season to come out. And but by like, that time, I'd just rewatch them all again. But... But they, but those, but those seasons that you might think are like so short, like especially season one and season two, were like yeah. so tightly. They written. had a, they, they were, a they were, they were message. great. Yeah, on on because you you tripped up and I, said yeah. Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. When Game of Thrones did a supersized episode <laughs> like the Battle of Bastards or the Battle of Winterfell, it was a battle episode where like that was. The point of the episode, and it was super, like, yeah. you and I kind of disagree on the Battle of Winterfell. I think they should have spent more time on character stuff instead of whatever that they did for season eight. But again, it had a clear point and message, and that's why that episode was 83 minutes or however long it was. The se- season finale of the show, like, yes, it is the final battle, but it is also the final reunion of Elle and Hopper that they kept for the very last minute, and also, like, all of these other things that happened. Like, it wasn't just... And now we're going to do a two-hour, 20-minute episode, and here's exactly why. Do you know what I mean? Like, they couldn't defend it the same way. Benioff and Weiss. I can't believe I'm defending Benioff and Weiss on this podcast. My God. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, For me, and you're, you're much more into television than I am. I've, I've gone down the film route. And one of, the, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons is, like, I just find it really difficult to engage in anything that is only 10 episodes or god forbid it's like fucking six episodes i'm so sick of these shows nowadays doing six (laughs) episodes like get it together string it out a little bit more especially if you're only producing six episodes like every year and a half like what have you been doing like that's you're you're already erased from my memory by that point, I will have rewatched the Lord of the Rings like a dozen times before you launch a new season of your goddamn show. Enough. This is this is where I'll argue with you though, and and, and I'll argue and say 
a lot of television now, not all of it, but a, a good chunk of it now does have that production value that mirrors, if not sometimes is better than a lot of these like feature films that are, you know, theatrically released. Like television is very elevated now. The production value is very elevated. Stranger Things to me has a production value that like mirrors most blockbuster movies sure. that come out in theaters, right? So for them to make so much of it, like they they just they just can't. They they can't like it, it just takes forever to film. You know what I mean? So I guess yeah. this is where I'll argue with you there is yeah, I mean and they don't do six episodes. They like this season they did, you know, nine very long episodes. And that's, that's why I was on board with it. They've created. Like I'm sorry, yeah. but and I don't know if they're planning on doing season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which uh, it's a whole other discussion. <laughs> but the fact that it was six episodes and it was basically the whole thing was a search and rescue mission. Well, that's this is a bad example because Obi-Wan Ugh. Kenobi should have been a movie. Like, I don't think you can take yeah. Marvel and Star Wars shows like that because they are really just limited series that they are releasing to get people to keep subscribing to Disney+. Plus. Like... That's their only reason. So they just put six episodes out, and after Obi-Wan's done, guess what? Miss Marvel's out now, so you're going to keep subscribing for that. And after that, we're having She-Hulk, <laughs> and after that, you know, so. It'll never end. Um, just to pivot a little bit away from, like, the structural things that... Yeah, we're talking for an hour about how season. long these episodes are. <laughs> Yeah, I I do want to I do want to get to like the meat of the season and and the thing that I love most about the show. Like, yes, yeah, sometimes I think the pacing is a little wonky, but I think the core of the show is the characters and and I think this like intricate plot that they've kind of weaved throughout the four seasons of what like what really is the upside down? How does it function? How does it impact the characters? So I kind of want to just like talk about what you guys felt about the character arcs that we experienced in this season. Um, uh, like, especially Max. I felt like she was, like, the shining star of the season. Um, and then just, like, yeah, your initial reactions to, like, character arcs, the deaths that happened this season, even though there weren't as many as the <laughs> Brothers said there were going to be. They were like, it's going to be carnage. And then I'm like, okay. Just wanted to, like, get your opinions on it and whether you like the direction it took the show in this season. I do think it's a fair criticism to say that for all the time they spent on this season, for as long as the episodes were, there were a lot of characters that felt like they didn't have enough time to shine. Yeah, um, exactly. And several several names come to mind, whether it's uh, Jonathan or Mike or Joyce, mm -hmm. Will, Will. Uh, yeah. Lucas, I think, didn't really... Yeah. Oh, really? I thought Lucas I thought Lucas had his biggest his biggest uh role yet really in the Yeah, show. Fair. I just don't him see him like group. having yeah. yeah, I just don't didn't yeah. He just didn't I mean, for if me. you, like if by the end he like petered out by the end, I think. Like his one thing by the end is just like scribbling on a notepad to Max. Like <laughs> Oh, stop. That was a sweet scene. It was. Uh, I'm just saying like he he was much more prominent in like the first couple of episodes and then started to fall off a bit. Yeah. Well, a, a big reason that, you know, we didn't get as much time with every character is because we also spent a lot of time with this like damn basketball team or oh, the most yeah. divisive between our podcast figure Eddie Munson. 
I guess we should discuss this, right? Every season Let's of Stranger Eddie. Things, yeah. they build, they give you a character that everyone's going to fall in love with. In season two, we had Bob. In season three, mm-hmm. we had Alexi. In season four, we have uh, Eddie, where they just make you love this character just to kill them. Yep. And it's honestly getting annoying because it's like, well, we know they're going to die now. And mm-hmm. I will say that out of the characters that they've done this for, Bob is still my favorite. Like oh, Bob, yeah. you can't beat. My heart oh, you can't beat Samwise Gamgee. Uh, this was this was. I was watching it our sophomore year of college. This was pre me having ever seen Lord of the Rings. I still fell in love with Bob, and that is a testament because I had not had Samwise Gamgee making me love him more in my mind. Okay, I loved Bob, but I loved Eddie so much. And I, I knew he was. Is gonna... it because he plays D and D? Maybe it may. Uh, guys, Kate's in Hellfire. She's in a cult. I am in Hellfire. <laughs> Basketball Bros would have Satanic tackled me panic. to the ground. Yeah. Um. No, I just. I, I actually was a little off put by him. Like when they when they first showed him in the first episode, and he was in the cafeteria being like, <laughs> like the devil. Mm. I was like, okay, who is this guy? <laughs> And then when he was like bullying the kids into finding Lucas's replacement, I actually thought that was pretty funny. But I was listen, like, you got to take game night seriously. Once true, one person drops true. out, it ruins the dynamic it, of the whole thing. You yes. got to commit if you're showing up. Yes, especially for week to week D and D. Got everyone's got to be on board. Um, but then I really, really liked him after he had his conversation with Chrissy in the woods, and they had this little like unexpected heart to heart where he's kind of this social outcast she's the star cheerleader and they bonded over a shared memory from middle school and I loved the line where he was like you know I was really scared to talk to you and she goes I was scared to talk to you and they're like why were we scared and I just like I don't know I just felt I agree no that is my joy for that scene yeah and it's it's just it really encapsulates the feeling in high school when there yeah. is somebody that is just in a different clique or a different group than you and so you never talk to them but you do have something in common and it's just such a unique feeling that like doesn't carry over into adulthood it's really just a pure childhood right. thing of finding a connection with somebody random so I, I did think that was his finest moment and really and in the it was what is that episode one or two when I was already it's, like mad I was like, getting ready to go out and I was like I guess I'll watch 20 minutes of stranger thing because I need to burn through this and I was like why are we spending time with these two random characters that we haven't seen for four seasons and still once he started like goofing off in the woods with her I was like okay you won me over this yeah, is unbelievably I was like, charming okay I like you and and then just I felt like throughout the rest of the season he he was just very charming and lovable and his relationship with Dustin was very endearing never changed Dustin. never changed Dustin and I just I really liked his arc of being like I ran he he was so torn up that he ran away and left Chrissy there and he's like I've been running all my life um is his name in D&D is isn't it Eddie the deserter isn't that remember I thought it was Eddie the banished Oh, is it the banished? Whoops, yeah, it is. I'll cut, the, I'll cut that out. Um, it's fine. <laughs> well, like, gonna be mad at you. <laughs> well, like even his name, like Eddie the Banished, that kind of says something of like you know he's kind of an outcast. He's always running away from people. And I thought it. I, I knew where I knew where it was going the minute. I just knew the minute he started being like, "I'm not a hero. I'm a coward." I'm like, "Yeah, he's gonna sacrifice himself." 
protecting someone. Yeah, so was it too on the nose? Like, are we done with, like, you can't keep doing the same trope, right? Or is it fine that we know a character is going to die? Because that's how horror movies work. Um, I mean, I was fine with it. The, my funny thing was going on the internet after and seeing how many people were so pissed off about his death like they didn't see it coming. Oh, wow. So then I was like, do I well, just Well, because there's that whole movement, like, prior to part yeah. two dropping, like, it was all over the internet, like, I don't know what the hashtag was, if it was Save Addy or... But, like, but people were vehemently against... Yeah, like, <laughs> so like, they're, like, rebelling, like, that they're gonna rewrite the episode and, and you know... I mean, I just felt no like sense. people acted too shocked, and I was like, do I just watch too much TV? Do, do we all three of us just consume too much media that... We saw the trope coming, and we just knew, like, yeah. This no, is- I feel like almost everyone knew. Honestly. Okay, I knew, and it like, I don't know, it didn't bother me. Like he died, and I was no. not attached, and I was like, okay, I, I will. You, you know, did you not get emotional when he was like, "This oh is going to be my year." Cried. Mike, it didn't no. do anything for you? Are when you kidding? Said, no. When he said, I love you, man, to Dustin, I heard that, oh, that was improvised by uh, Joe Quinn, too. That's just tears. No. <laughs> no you you know i'll give him i'll give him props when he said you're asking me to follow you into mordor that was <laughs> that was eddie munson at his peak eddie oh a lord of the rings reference that's what you yeah. reduce someone down to yes 100 <laughs> percent. um and i guess similarly just speaking on eddie um max what i want to know what you guys thought about her death and i put that in air quotes because she you know half died her what it what it seems like after the watching this the season finale is that her body's in a coma she's like been maimed like all of her bones are broken i'm pretty sure she's probably blind now because like her eyes bled out and then when 11 tries mm-hmm. to tap in to her mind she can't find her so do we think that like Vecna has her mind or her soul like hostage now at this point. What do you guys think? Well, I mean, I definitely think something big is going to happen with her in season five, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just she's too important of a of a character to like unceremoniously just wither away like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like she can't just continue to be in a coma heading into season five, which then I think leads to the only two plausible scenarios is either Eleven continues to hone her powers and can bring Max back, and Max ends up having to play a key role in destroying Vecna, mm-hmm. or, right, that Vecna is able uh, to use her as a as a soldier, if you will, yeah, or, or like control Billy. her mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just... I, I could see that happening... Actually, I, I'm going to say I, I think it's going to happen, but she will somehow be snapped out of it. They'll win her back. Like, I don't think she'll just completely go down that road and then die. Like, I, I have to believe there's a happy ending I don't think Max. they would just do the same thing to her they did to Billy. It would feel a little... I mean, it would be ballsy to do that, yeah. but that would, that would just emotionally wreck everyone. What? Can we get into the lore of like what Vecna is doing and all of that? Um, like, yeah, 
Because okay. I know you have questions. Yeah, let's, okay, so let's discuss the reveals <laughs> of this season, right? Like, yeah. so we find out that... This is what bothers me also is the way that the show happens is you start season four and you are under the impression that Eleven killed all of her fellow numbers, right, in the thing. Her in fellow the first numbers. <laughs> what else do you call them? They're not her friends. They're not her friends, no. <laughs> um, and then you spend the whole season, like, thinking she did that when, like, you didn't know about that going into the season. And then it's like, big reveal. You didn't actually kill them. But it's like, you told us that she did. That's not a reveal. Anyway, sorry. That just made me annoyed. Um, the well, reveal. No, I mean, it was a the way point to- being, though, showing her relationship with Brenner because Papa? he also didn't. <laughs> she didn't. Papa didn't see what had happened. He saw the aftermath. But then he did know what happened because he watched security footage. After. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, let's slowly play this tape when it's like, we could just tell you in a sentence what happened, but we're going to tell you slowly over seven episodes. I did think that was kind of weird how they had to like reveal all that to her. Um, and then one had to just like monologue for like an hour, basically explaining everything that happened. It's just anyway, but I thought it was an exciting reveal. It was an exciting. It was an exciting reveal. That was for sure. So the reveal is that Henry Clear, Clear, Creel, Creel, Henry Creel, um, as a child, just like decided he wanted to murder his family. Um, right? It was, as, like, what as is his motivation? Does, yeah. He was just like really depressed and decided to murder his family. I guess, and like, what was he misunderstood? I don't understand why he was just like he was just evil. Like, okay, he was just, he was just always kid, an evil guy, and he okay. had these powers, and I he had these powers, and he he I, felt the need, I guess, to do. There was a drive within him to. We do just don't. We don't see any of Henry world. before. It's not like you know his dad was just a terrible dad and never helped. You know, like you just you're like. At one day, I realized I had powers, and I decided to be evil with them. You yeah, know? but I, I, guess I, I think I it's it's I like a higher be, yeah. purpose kind of thing. Like I, I I don't think it's almost like something was driving him to do it. I don't think like maybe he we'll was learn in the Henry yeah, mastermind behind. I think you kind of just have to like I I, I don't want to be mean, but like just don't overthink it because don't overthink the villain's primary no, motivation. Listen, 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 because this show. It's just been proven every season that there's just, like, inexplainable evil that, like, exists in this world. And I don't think there needs to be, like, a human motive for his evilness. I think we can establish that it's something, like, supernatural. And I think it's fair for, like, like the Demogorgon or the Mind Flayer to be evil because they're just, like, evil creatures that can't be understood or whatever. But season four's thing is, like, no, now here's a villain monster from the Upside Down that speaks English. And by giving him the ability to speak English, we are now giving him, like, a motivation, a consciousness, and then to that have consciousness and motivation to still just be like, no, I'm evil. Anyway, sorry. I'm. This is not what we're trying to discuss. We're trying to discuss the reveals of the season. But I which understand is- your frustrations with it because you're like, yeah, they did just give a human face. I mean, it used to be a human face. Now it's, like, all gross, but... It was, it was like, oh, this season we have a consciousness, down. but yeah. never mind. It doesn't mean anything. But anyway, with this season we have a consciousness. And then so he became one. He After killing his whole family, Brenner captured him and started doing experiments on him. 
and then left him in this place with all the other children for a while until he convinces Eleven to take the thing that Papa has put in his body to limit his powers out of his body. So Eleven takes it out of his body, and then he kills everyone, is trying to kill Eleven, but Eleven supercharges back to him, and she thinks she kills him, but no, she didn't kill him. She opened a gate to the Upside Down and sent him to the Upside Down. So let's pause there. The Upside Down then has existed for all this time, but this is just the first gate that's opening and the first time the Earth world is engaging with the Upside Down, Kate? Is that correct? Okay, this is where it's it gets really vague because I think a lot of this is unanswered for us still, and I, I really hope that more of this is answered in Season 5. I would be sad if we had like more questions and answers when this show officially ends. It does seem but, like they're trying to tie all of the villains of the seasons together and yeah, give us an answer. They, they do, and I think they're almost there. I mean, it's very, like... The, the laws, though, of the Upside Down are still kind of vague, and we only know, like, what the, you know, the human characters have figured out for themselves and through, mm-hmm. like, experience and exposure to this world. The big thing we know is that I don't know if this world has existed for, like, all eternity. Like, I don't know if it's been around since, like, the Earth was created or something, you know? I, I, I I'm not sure. The one, like, thing they are, they haven't addressed yet, and the Duffer Brothers said we will address, is as of, like, you know, as of season four, the Upside Down is frozen in time to the day that Will disappeared in season one. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. everything is exactly the same as it was in, like, that day in, like, 1983. Which is interesting, because, like, for the longest time, I thought the Upside Down was created out of the experiments that the Russians or that Brenner were doing, and they accidentally created this whole society that has these monsters that are now trying to eat them alive, which I guess is not true. It's been here the whole time, just now a gate is open to it, and they're trying to get back into our world because Henry Vecna won decided, oh, I I have powers here to harness all of these creatures down here, and use this power to yeah. kill yeah. people so, up there. I mean, and, so, and I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, like, if you think of it, right, just like as a parallel universe, right, you don't create a parallel universe. You just, mm-hmm. it exists. It just and you, exists. And you find a way uh, to, I guess, open a portal to the parallel universe. And so that's why, I, like, I think, you know, just c- circling back a little bit to your discussion about like his motivation. That's why I have this sort of thinking that he is like the chosen one, right? And he didn't know then. And you don't know how the events are going to play out. But it's like he was, I feel like he was almost sent to be the one to sort of discover the upside down. And, and right, because for him, it's all about this discovery. And, and, and it's like he feels like this greater calling once he finds it to take over and to, I guess, bring that world and, and create a better world uh, in the regular world, I guess. I don't know. To, to bridge I'll, them, almost. I'll, I'll kind of, like, argue this. I think Stranger Things pulls a lot of inspiration from Star Wars, like mm. the original trilogy, to the point that, I mean, several times in the season they – verbatim like quote like never tell me the odds and like all that stuff well i think they just um, do that with like 80s well, nerd pop they culture do, they do regardless. but but, but I, thing, I heard a 
Sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I just, I, I, and I'm less familiar with Star Wars, so I'd need you guys to actually explain why this is true, but I heard a podcaster called this season the Empire Strikes Back season of, like, they lose at the end and they're all split apart and, like, other things. I don't know. Y'all will have to, I've seen Empire Strikes Back a total of one time. <laughs> so. Um, well, I just think that I wasn't going to, like, talk about, like, specific parallels to, like, the Empire Strikes Back or really just any installment. I was going to say, like, as a whole, I feel like, for me, a way that I rationalize or kind of put in perspective, like, what this evil is in the Upside Down versus, like, what Eleven's powers are, like, up on Earth, as I think of, like, Darth Vader versus Luke. I think of there's a force and there's a dark side and there's a good side. And I just, mm. maybe I'm simple, like simplifying it too much, but I just see Upside Down as the dark side. There's just evil just lives there in the form of, like, the Mind Flayer, in the form of, like, Vecna, and then good just exists uh, in Vecna's, Hawkins. he's just a vessel to harness He's just, like, Darth Vader. He's, he's yeah. literally Darth Vader. I mean, I see, like... To the point where, like, we have that imagery of him hurtling into the Upside Down, like, all burnt up and stuff. I'm like, it's literally when yeah. Anakin, like, falls into well, the lava. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I know I mentioned it earlier, but have either of you seen A Nightmare on Elm Street? No. What do you think the answer to that question no. is, yeah. Mike? <laughs> okay, fair enough. But I'll ex- try and explain it in, like, two sentences. But essentially, Freddy Krueger, right, is this villain that he was uh, convicted of murder but got off on a technicality so the townsfolk banded together and burned him alive. And he and he looks similar to Vecna, like a burned right. victim, you know. And essentially he haunts kids in their nightmares and uses their, uh, their like, greatest fears against them, which is essentially what Vecna is exactly doing, right? Haunting is, yeah. their minds, using their fear against them. Um, what is he so trying to do, though? Like, once he kills Chrissy, right, and, the, like, the, when they get to the, oh, that's it, the four chimes of the clock, they need to commit four murders to do that. I was like, y'all got to that conclusion really okay, yeah. fast. Yeah, Where that did was that odd. come from? That, was that, that felt like... That just felt like a way to try to advance that whole, mm-hmm. like, apocalyptic yeah. gate opening faster. They were like, four chimes, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like, okay, I'm like, <laughs> how, how did you guys know that it had to be four? That's that's very strange. Um, Let's put it this but, way. In Lord of the Rings terms, I view the Mind Flayer as Sauron and Vecna as Saruman, his war general. And I think Vecna is raising an army of all of these people that he's haunting and killing. And then to do what, like, what is it's to take over the Earth? Yeah. Starting with Hawkins. I guess they've taken over Hawkins from what the end of season four looks like. He won. Well, no, he's got to come up out of the earthquake now, and actually they got to wage war. I mean, so every season it's been, like, hit, like, Okay, so basically, like, Vecna has been in control of the Mind Flayer since before Will got kidnapped in Season mm-hmm. 1. And the Mind Flayer acts as, like, a hive mind. So the... And, and just, like, to put it in D&D, because they, you know, the kids... I really like that they do this. The kids associate everything in D&D to, like, try to make it easier to understand, because there's already, like, existing D&D lore that kind of mm-hmm. ties into all this stuff. So it helps if you, like, are into D&D lore or whatever. But a Mind Flayer is, like, this evil creature 
that is connected to a hive mind of other mind flayers. And together, there are other mind flayers in D D. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they all exist, and they all like serve this hive mind. And to kill them, you have to like kill the hive mind, right? Like you gotcha. kill the source of the power, or whatever. So and that's and that's essentially right. What you were seeing Hopper tried to do in Russia, his whole yes. theory being, let's attack the demodogs. Maybe we can. Uh, well, or. Why? Are they well, demogorgons yeah. he, at that point? Originally, they were going to go in to attack that swirling black mass that was to in help, the tube. Because yeah. that was part of that was a part of the Mind Flayer. And they recognized that yeah. from, like, Wills has had visions and has explained to them when Will was possessed by the Mind Flayer in Season 2, he had all these visions. He, show, he drew them pictures. He's explained to them it's, like, this swirling entity of dark mist that looks like a spider we found out vecna was the one that created it to look like the spider but it used to just be a storm of like dark matter right mm-hmm. that dark entity matter storm thing did vecna ev- create it to be a spider or did no. it present himself yes. present no, itself he, to him he bent it that. to be a spider because okay. he was just like obsessed with spiders as a kid so he bent oh, it and yeah, now yeah, yeah. He, he controls it so because he controls the mind flare the mind flare is a hive mind and controls Everything in the Upside Down. The vines, the demogorgons, the bats, the demodogs. It's all, like, one mm-hmm. entity. And so when Ven- Vecna took control of the Mind Flare, everything that they thought the Mind Flare was doing, it was Vecna doing it. And at what point did... It's, like, pre-season one that Vecna took control of the Mind Flare? Or is yeah, it, because okay. it, it's showing that he He's got, been down there for a while. He got banished there right after him and Elle fought. And then mm-hmm. I would assume that Elle was then in the facility for like another year maybe or two. I don't know how old she was exactly. Um, but there's definitely, I mean, there's time that passes between yeah. Elle sending him to the Upside Down and then Elle being found in the middle we, of the woods by Mike and, we, and the we know that We know that time passes because then after that, it's explained by Brenner, like, he knew that L had sent one somewhere, and he knew that she had, like, opened a gate and banished him somewhere, so he was trying to get him back. So he was making her try to open another portal, and that's when she succeeded, and when she succeeded, a Demogorgon got out and kidnapped Will, took him to the Upside Down, and then... That's where things get, like, we don't really know what happened because we don't know, like, did he have contact with Vecna? He probably did in, like, an indirect way. We're not... Well, because, yeah, he did because the Mind Flayer, like, kind of possessed him. It's all very... Yeah, Will has, like, Mind Flayer... Because Will's, like, spitting up demodogs in Season 2, basically, right? (laughs) Oh... Um, he's, he, remember, remember in season two, I actually had to, like, rewatch parts of season two before we recorded, because I just, season two is such a distant memory to me. Um, but remember, like, they were using heat to, like, draw the mind flare out of him. Remember that, that Mm -hmm. swirling thing, Mm -hmm. like, took off? Yeah. And then, and then that, that part of the mind flare is the one that starts killing people in season three. Because there was no gate open, but that oh, yeah, mind flare, that mind flare still existed from when it possessed Will. So it started doing wreaking havoc. So like basically every like everything that's ever happened, Vecna's controlled it, and I think his goal has always been like I need to open a gate. Or I need to 
I, I want to open a huge gate and I want everything to escape into the upside world and I want to kill everyone. That's his goal. Like, he just wants yeah. to kill everyone. I still, I don't know. I guess not to put disbelief into what you're saying because it all makes sense, but I still <laughs> have doubts, I guess, of whether or not he is truly the one controlling all of it. Just yes. in the sense that I think, like, he might be, again, like, because the mind flare, right, it's all these particles. And, yeah. But I feel like the particles may also have a certain level of consciousness. I agree. And Vecna, as, as a human, or not anymore, but as a former human, as a being, one form, I think is more so, like, a vessel to carry out the the idea and the malice right and again that's why i relate it back to sauron right because sauron doesn't take form he's the eye yeah much like the the particles of the mind flayer um so i guess well, like i i guess i just have doubts of if vecna is truly 100 percent in control or if he, or even the fact that like does vecna have 100 percent dominion over the mind flayer i i don't think so I think it's going to be one of those, like, classic tropes where it's, like, a bait-and-switch. Like, you think mm-hmm. that someone is the main villain and, and you think he's the one pulling the strings, but then you just happen to find out that he's way in over his head. I think he's in over his head that he's got, like, a firm control over the Mind Flayer. I think the Mind Flayer definitely... This is just a theory, but I think it definitely has a, a very real conscience of his own. I think... It's just like it's just the symbolism of like pure evil, and all yeah. it wants to do is destroy. And I think it's I really think season five we might see this kind of battle of wills against Vecna and the Mind Flayer. Mm-hmm. The Mind Flayer might try to turn on Vecna and battle. Like, I don't, well, because if, because if Vecna died, <laughs> right, it wouldn't. If Vecna died, it wouldn't destroy the Mind no. Flayer or the Upside Down or any of that. It all existed no. before he came. Exactly. So I think that Vecna thinks, oh yeah, I, I'm the one pulling all the shots. So I don't think he's ever been. I think the Mind Flayer, I think he thinks he's using the Mind Flayer. I think the Mind Flayer is really like, I'm using this guy who just fell from the heavens. And when I'm <laughs> done with him, I'll dispose of him when I get what I want. I think it'll be interesting to see if like Vecna realizes that in season five, that, oh shit, I'm not actually the one in control. And will there be some kind of like uneasy alliance between him and Eleven? I don't know, but it'd be it's gonna be really interesting to see. It's time for one of our favorite segments on Chaos on the Set, Shade Court, where we we are going to investigate whether a certain character is guilty of shade, and necessarily in most of these situations, we're just, were they a bad friend? Were they a bad dad? Were they a bad whatever? I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast and you're a fan of Stranger Things, you know who's on trial today. It is Mike Wheeler, the worst friend in the history of the world, who will literally be sitting in a car having their best friend cry their eyes out in right next to them and just don't do 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 look out the window. Nothing here is going on. Like Mike, open your fucking eyes. Honestly, at the end of the episode at the end of the season finale when will is like you're the heart mike you're the heart be oh the my heart God. i started I, laughing out loud i was like too. this is so stupid you cannot count on mike yeah. wheeler to save the day i'm sorry no. <laughs> well, he hasn't I, he hasn't 
displayed being the heart in like a long time. <laughs> Two seasons. No, and this is why this like particular shade court does hurt me because the first two seasons of Stranger Things, I was actually such a Mike Wheeler fan. Like, I did feel like he had a lot of empathy for his friends. He was super obsessed about, like, keeping the party together. He wanted everyone to be safe. And I felt like it's just so different. Like, It's because he was the first one to get a girlfriend. <laughs> I know. Well, like, re-watching, like, especially, like, re-watching season two and when Will is like possessed or starts getting possessed and he will is like freaking out mike is like the only one because at that point lucas Mm -hmm. and and dustin are like ooh goo -goo eyes over max because she's new that season they both like her and mike Mm -hmm. was the only one that was like noticing that will was having a hard time and being like i'm here for you and they had this really touching conversation where will's like i i feel like i'm going crazy and Mike's like, I feel like I'm going crazy too. Sometimes, like, I hear Eleven's voice and I know she's not here. We can be crazy together. It's like you and me, Will. And I'm like, Aww. I'm like, yeah. Friends. And then Eleven came back and and he was just like, and Fuck he did you, it. Will. He did exactly what Dustin and, and Lucas did in season yeah. two. He was just like a girl. I think. Yeah, season three, he starts really treating Will like such shit. Such an asshole. And I'm really sad. Like, I do hope for a redemption arc in season five. If he did, if they really worked on him in season five and gave him, like, a good redemption arc, I would, I would, like, uh, forgive him, right? Okay, but, I was listening to a podcast that talked, uh, said Mike Wheeler is in his Harry Potter of the Order of Phoenix stage where he's, <laughs> you know, he's just like, listen, I just want to hook up with I girls just, I just and want bang be a teenager. Cho yeah, yeah, exactly. Cho Chang. <laughs> what Cho was she thinking? Chang. Okay, sorry, that's from a Harry Potter musical. Um, What do you think about that? Like, is he allowed to just be this horny teenager and an asshole because that's how some kids are right now? I have to admit, when he says that, like, Eleven is going to realize that I just got lucky because I'm the kid that found her in the woods, I was like, yeah, probably. Like, what else are you bringing to the table, my guy? (laughs) You're definitely not the heart of the group. (laughs) I just don't like the way... Uh, the Duffer brothers write teenage boys who like fall in love because they really did like they to me it feels like they kind of broke up that group friendship by introducing girls to it and by no fault of the girls own <laughs> the boys are like lusting after them and being like who will who's will I've got like 11 here and then I, I loved Lucas this season but even Lucas his character arc kind of revolved around him wanting to protect Max, his girlfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, these boys will go through anything. (laughs) Well, just because she's in a coma doesn't mean they're not dating. No, they they were broken up at the time. They were were broken up at the start of the season. Yeah, but they were going to go to the movies. It was Okay, well, it's a far cry from being back together. But, But like, I mean... it just looked like for Lucas, it looked fine this season, right? Because like he sure. was protecting Max, so it was like okay. But for Mike, it's like, dude, your best friend is sobbing two inches away yeah. from you, and you're just like, oh, man, we gotta find L. Like I know she was in danger, but your friend is really like in distress. Yeah. Well, I think it even <sighs> like it goes back to season three, like. He gave that half-assed apology to yeah. Will, and like yeah. that, that wasn't didn't feel very genuine. So no. it's hard to imagine a redeeming opportunity 
for him in season five. Like I just because right, it's it's coming to a head. Yeah. Uh, the issue between Mike and Will, and I just can't imagine a scenario where Mike handles that particularly well. Um, and I think the way they've written it from Will's perspective is is very good, to be honest. I think it's very uh, compelling and heartbreaking um, and, and probably, you know, accurate. So I do find that entire sort of um, sidetrack storyline to be a good one. I just I don't see it ending well. It's, like, it's going to be a devastating ending. It's it has to be. It's clear that, like, we, we all think Will is, like, in love with Mike, right? A hundred percent, yeah. What do you think, Shrew? No, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I would love them to subvert our expectations because I'm a little bored with the in love with your best friend trope. Right. However, Yeah, but it's so different it, in this situation. And I think if they did change it and he wasn't in love with him the whole time, it'd be like, okay, well, you clearly made it look like he was. So that's not really subverting expectations. That's making us think one thing and then being like, never mind, just kidding. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, the reason I think Will's in love with him is you're like, like, just like you said, well, he gave that big speech being like, Mike, you're the heart of the group. We need you. Yeah. We were all laughing our asses off because we're like, what has he done in, in, in two seasons that's been anything remotely close to being a heart of the group? He's pieced out so hard from his friend group. It's, like, it's When you like someone, yeah. you don't see their flaws. I realize that. Sometimes I laugh at really dumb jokes and then I'm like, oh, maybe I have a crush on this person. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, here's here's the thing, though. I, I disagree. I don't think this is like the being in love with your best friend trope because i i can't really think of many other examples of this particular instance right and and the key qualifier here is it's not unrequited love it's that mike literally like can't love him back right like it will never work out for will mm-hmm, ever yeah. but it's still torturing him it's still he devastating he needs to meet somebody and, like, new and, like, that's the big difference. Well, no, it's not even that he needs to meet somebody new. Mike's not gay. He needs to meet somebody yeah. gay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I, we all agree Mike is guilty of shade. I have a follow-up yes. question about bullies on the show. Can we talk for a second about Angela, the the terrible person that's, like, truly, like, a comic book villain-level evil bullying Jane <laughs> in this L- uh, Los Angeles high school. It's I was interested to bring this up because of our discussion last week on the Jaws episode, right, when it's like, there's this just despicable person and we just can't wait to get them eat by, eaten by the shark or eaten by the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. I was like, here, right, I want Angela to get eaten by a Demogorgon. And then we yeah. never got to see that. Like... It just bothered me. Sorry. I mean, we got to see we got to see her take a skate to but the that, head. But that it doesn't count because then Jane still doesn't benefit from yeah. that exchange. Yeah. You know, I was genuinely expecting to see her eaten by a demogorgon, and then we didn't get to see that happen. I was. Upset. I think we've. I think these rules have been clearly drawn out that right now all of the weird upside down shit exists in Hawkins, and if they had stayed in California, they were like safe. From mm-hmm. But even the uh, who's the terrible white uh, basketball player, Jason, Jason, like I wanted to see that dude get in the like absolute like really? face eaten off by a Demogorgon. He and, sucks. He's yeah. so terrible. I mean, he did get he did get uh, disintegrated in half while he was alive by a portal opening onto him. I think that's pretty gruesome. Oh, yeah, yeah that was fair. Yeah, <laughs> I he, got, he got what was coming to him. 
it, but like especially Jeez. they definitely kept him alive for longer Oh, yeah. Because they wanted to keep you hating him, right? Like, he could have died on the lake, but no, they killed his friend. And then they just keep him around to keep him, make him more and more terrible. And I don't know these villains that are like Angela and like uh, Jason and, to an extent, Vecna, that are just like, we just fucking suck. They're just kind well, of boring to watch. His, it just makes his, me mad. His character, if we're going to like talk about Jason, Angela, yes, was just awful. Jason's character was supposed to represent, like, the satanic... Uh, panic yeah. over Dungeons and Dragons in the 80s mm-hmm. where literally if you played the game people thought you were like in a cult um, and obviously he I mean Kate you are in a cult right? Oh hell yeah but you weren't supposed to announce that publicly <laughs> Sorry sorry you can cut this out <laughs> It's just my thing with Jason and the basketball team I would almost just rather have that be a storyline that died out. And I and like the other side of that rise you could complain like, "Oh, like they brought them into the show and they made a whole thing about them and then they never came back full circle." But I would almost prefer it that way because when they did come back, it just felt like so pointless. I was like, "What's this doing? What is this adding to the I mean, plot?" Especially because I feel like it had been a couple of episodes since they really played a role, and I think it would have been just good enough to be like, oh, yeah, like, they are questioning Eddie Munson and they think they're satanic and all this. Like, I didn't necessarily think it needed to come back in the end the way that it did. Like, what did him fighting Lucas I mean, really accomplish? At the end of the day, he was a plot device. He was like, we, yeah. need, to, we need to make sure, like, Max is in there long enough to have, like, you know, that near-death experience we need to make sure that something goes wrong we need to make sure that like yeah you know eddie, ha- to eddie, music, has to, yeah. eddie has to sacrifice himself to the bat so they don't go back to the mansion we have to do mm. all this stuff all erica had to get tackled so that then they couldn't relay any more messages everything like he was a plot device purely and it was a little annoying Okay, one of the reasons the internet has been totally abuzz over the show is because it leaves viewers with a lot of unanswered questions and especially a lot of theories. So there are tons of fan theories floating around online, so many that I know I haven't even seen all of them. I've probably seen a fraction of them. But I kind of just wrote down some of the ones that I thought were like pretty interesting. I also have some of my own that I'm sure also exists on the internet because I don't have, like, an original thought in my body. <laughs> so we're just kind of going to, like, go through them rapid-fire style. I just want to get your opinions on them and if you think they're stupid or not, basically. Cool. Um, okay, so first really popular theory is that one is Eleven's dad. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. That'd be so weird. Um but also, do you want to talk about the book that you read? Yeah. So I can already tell you guys, for everyone that believes, like, yes, Henry won, Vecna, whatever, it has to be Eleven's dad. However much sense you want to make of it, it's simply untrue because there is an official novel that was published by Stranger Things um, called Stranger Things Suspicious Minds. It was published. Ooh, great Elvis tw- song. <laughs> <laughs> it was published. Did y'all know in- I'm an Elvis fan now? <laughs> I, I did. You see the movie? Is that why? Yeah, but I didn't like the movie. But I 
really am a little worried that Elvis is going to be my number one artist of 2022. What? This is a plot wow. twist I didn't see coming. I didn't think you would listen to Elvis. I'm a chameleon. I only listen to music that I hear on movies and TV shows. So until the next musical biopic comes out, I'm only listening to Elvis. Sorry. Continue your theory. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> well, um... Oh, the book. Suspicious, suspicious Minds was, in a publi- <laughs> was published in 2019. And basically, the whole story just revolves around, like, uh, Eleven's mom, Terry, being experimented on by Dr. Brenner. During- oh, interesting. Yeah, so she, I don't know if you guys, if it was clear to you guys, but she was actually also a test subject, which which was supposed I to be I thought she in- just got her brain fried to make everyone think that she's, like, unable to no, be a mother. No, she was actually heavily experimented on with LSD, in oh, what wow. is called MK Ultra, which was a real, an actually real program that, like, the government did in, like, the 60s and 70s where, you know, they just experimented on people and subjected them to LSD. I, I think sometimes... I remember I think, that I being think, in, a little yeah, bit in the plot, right? I think a lot of it was voluntary, but I also think they did it to people also against their will. And it's a big, like, conspiracy theory kind of like thing that people talk about still but they use it in the show to say terry was subject to like heavy lsd exposure um and when she was getting experimented on by dr brenner she was dating a guy at the time and dr brenner sent terry's boyfriend to vietnam and concealed the fact that terry was pregnant from both her and her boyfriend and then Dr. Renner kept Terry's pregnancy a secret because he was fascinated by what could happen if he raised a child that was, like, subjected to LSD in the womb and, and to see if, they, like, this child would have, like, any different, like, abilities. So. Wow. That's majorly messed up. Because <laughs> he, he, it's, you remember, remember Callie from season two, eight? Mm-hmm. She mentions to to Eleven, oh, I was actually abducted by Dr. Brenner. So he was abducting children, and I don't know if Eleven was the first one that was, like, born within his supervision. Which could explain why she's stronger. Who knows? I guess that, because uh, there should be a specific reason other than we failed ten times for why Eleven is yeah, special. Yeah, why is Eleven? <laughs> mm-hmm. But anyway, Henry being her dad, it's Cap. Her dad, like, was in Vietnam. I don't know if he's dead or alive or what. Maybe um, he comes back in season five. Maybe, maybe. I have a, it, I don't know if this is a theory. It's more of a, so in, currently, right, in Stranger Things, it is, oh, hold on, wait, give me a second. I need a, what year is it in season four of Stranger Things? 1986. It's March of 1986, according to the Google thing that yeah. I'm looking at. Okay. Guess what happens in May of 1986? Tell us. So many things. I... Top Gun, Top Gun comes out. Oh my god! <laughs> Are Steve and Dustin going to go see Top Gun? Will Top Gun play a central role in Stranger Things season five? Okay, they have a whole like storming cloud of upside down in their. <laughs> so you don't town. think they have time to go see Top Gun? That's I such a shame. They, I don't think they the have movie time theater to was go destroyed. You don't think Steve Harrington is gonna like feel the need for speed? They Steve have Harrington to put definitely that line. feels the need for speed. One hundred percent. Well, similarly, maybe they will because, as has been stated by the Duffer Brothers, which I'm worried about, but there's gonna be a multi-year time skip in season five did you i mean i guess they have to because these kids are so old (laughs) well Well, they have to 
But how? But how? That was actually one of my theories I wanted to talk to you guys about was how the fuck are they going to be like, Hawkins is a portal to hell. <laughs> my... Time skip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my my only guess would be that they're just like going to start off the season, you know, like saying what year it is or like two two years later, three years later. Yeah. And they, they will just, like, skip over of the whole beginning phase of Vecna, I guess, coming into the real world and, like, the direct aftermath of the earthquake. Yeah. And they're just going to go, like, straight away into all-out hellscape. <laughs> which I this? which I wouldn't like. I, like, I want to see... The hellscape progress. The hellscape yeah. progress, yeah. Do we, do we think Nancy goes to Emerson? <laughs> <laughs> my god that's where the second um vecna yeah. explosion is gonna take place in boston yeah. okay this is a stupid one but stupider wanted... than my top gun thing <laughs> maybe not but that's so... rude i can call it stupid you can't <laughs> um you can call me stupid i would never Oh, I just thought we were on that level. Okay. Well, let's let's hear it. Let's see. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, so you know how, like, throughout the show, Will is an avid drawer. He mm-hmm. likes to draw, and he often copes with his uh, possession-y things by drawing mm-hmm. them out. So remember, in season two, he draws what are, like, all of the tunnels that uh-huh. exist uh, below Hawkins, and then and he Bob draws- puts them together. So cute. Okay, I do miss Bob now. And then he draws um, what the Maya Flare looks like. And then the big thing in season four is Will painted something that he was working on. He wouldn't even show Eleven. But and she commissioned it, right? Or is that a lie? That's. I think he lied. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he says, like, he's working on something and he won't even show me. Yeah. And then... Um, and then he has it at the airport for, for, for Mike. And then Mike's like, oh. And Will's just like, I'm just going to hide this. <laughs> so, you know, the whole season we're like, what did he draw? What did he draw? And he opens it up for Mike in volume two. And it's a beautiful painting of him and his friends slaying this three-headed dragon. So people are theorizing online that because Will has this, like, spiritual, supernatural connection to Vecna that maybe he's able to draw things that are actually going to happen. And so people are saying, "What? If, this is why I don't believe it. What if Vecna is going to come back as, like, some dragon entity and, like, try to burn Hawkins to the ground? Listen, I'm all for dragons. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> House of the Dragon, baby. August 2022. But we've established that there's, like, there's no magic in this world. It's all, like, sci-fi. Yeah. So how does he just turn into a dragon? I mean, well, maybe it, he taps into Does it into necessarily a mind have to be? Yeah. Does it have to be Vecna? Maybe it'll it'll look like a dragon. All true. I'm and into then, it. It's not stupid. And, I mean, I and, feel like because we had right, we had the sort of progression of upside down beasts where it started with right. the de- like I could see a demo dragon. Right, Demodragon. I could see, oh, I could see like a demodog sort of turning into good. a demogorgon into a dragon. That's what they would exactly what they would call it too. They would be like, it's a demodragon. Like I could see, I think, yeah, I could see a demodragon. And remember when um, 
Vecna invaded Nancy's mind and was like, I want to show you all these visions and take it back to your friends. Yes, and she um, said something about it. She said there was, like, this large creature with, like, a gaping mouth. And mm-hmm. we don't really see that in Volume 2. So I guess what she's envisioning is is visions for The Demodragon. She also says, I saw my mom, my brother, and my sister all gone, but does not mention her dad. (laughs) The dad literally could care less about what the fuck is happening. He was them locked up. So so that's my thing, right? Is like, early in the season, you know, the parents all sort of get dragged into it with the cops, and you're thinking like, oh, like, maybe this is it. Like, maybe they will finally find out like what's truly happening in Hawkins right like maybe a few more people now are going to be in on the secret and I I kind of want them to know yeah me too and I'm thinking like season five they must right they something has to happen like I think it's gotten to the point now at least with this foreshadowing and the earthquake like now it seems to be much too big for eleven alone, like they need a larger scale operation here, and it's starting to get a little bit frustrating that it's literally these four kids that keep having to tell like law enforcement and other yeah. positions of power, like, no, we know what's going on. This is how we save the day. It's like maybe we should all work together and communicate what's yeah. been going like, on. One of my big problems about like no one in the town knowing. Is them just being like, an earthquake hit the town. Yeah, and then, some earthquake. And then what really pisses me off is, and I understand this was like D- Dustin trying to be very sincere, but when he talked to Eddie's uncle and he was like, I was with him when the earthquake hit, he's like, he died protecting this town. I'm like, from an earthquake? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made no sense. So I just think like, I just wish that people could actually know what's going on. Also, then he can... Steve and Nancy and like none of them care about Eddie. It's literally only Dustin that is sad. That was my big gripe with the two day time skip is that why didn't we get to see anyone fucking reacting to anything that happened? Like it was just it felt Mm -hmm. so rushed. It was so rushed and yet also took so long. (laughs) I know the food was terrible in such small portions. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so dragon Vecna Demo Dragon. Who knows? I'll give I'll give that one a thumbs up. Wow. Okay. I thought you guys were gonna be like this dumb no, shit. No, I'll go Kate. with that one. <laughs> will I mentioned her a few times? Do you guys think Callie, or otherwise known as Eight, will come back in season five? I do think she needs to come, especially with all of the spinoffs they have cooking right now. Like they can't continue to pretend that episode in season two didn't exist. I think they kind Even of want to, it, but it was such a bad episode. They, I I honestly kind of enjoyed it, but oh, really, I liked it. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think they're gonna need, like I said, it's much more bigger than just eleven now. I think they're gonna need all the help. So like Avengers, Avenger style? Maybe. Well, it'd be interesting to see the role the government plays as well, Mm. right? Because you had Paul Reiser and like his government agents on her side. And I actually, I really liked that. Like when that shootout started happening, I was like, God damn. Like (laughs) I was, I was invested. Um, which leads me to a very quick theory. 
<laughs> what do you think happened to Dr. Owens? Because last time we saw him, they left him locked in a room. He'll <laughs> in be the back. Underground base. Yeah, they need to keep their pawns on the board so they can use them when they need them. Honestly, yeah. I think that Stranger Things actually does that really well. Even like, I hated Jason, but using Jason to destroy the tape and raise the stakes, you know? Smart move, so. Yeah. Paul um, Reiser is the and credit. He's too important <laughs> not to to just disappear without making another another scene he, he'll be back okay i i forget his name at the at this moment but the agent with kind of like the dad bod one of the two agents that was watching over um jonathan and the kids in california remember how he got he protected them in the shootout and then he got hit and he died and they buried him yeah. do you think that he would have been total bros with hopper <laughs> how is it is that a theory or just a question? No, that's just a question I'm asking you guys because I just thought of him and I really like him. Sure, they can crack some beers. I don't Would they even meet? I mean, I guess I they would. I don't think Hopper is one to make friends, so I would say uh, no. Yeah, Not true. friends. Got it. When are Hopper um, and Joyce going to bang? I'm sorry. That's like a theory. Were they, were they high school sweethearts? Or did they ever establish so. that they dated? No. Or they, they were just friends in high school, right? I don't remember. Listen, I, I, know, I genuinely, though, like, I, I know that I get excited about characters getting together, but I need this to happen. Like, I, listen, it's, it's been long enough. How about this? I bet, just like how they did us dirty with the two-day time skip, I bet that Hopper and Joyce banged on the plane back to Russia within <laughs> those two days. Season five cold open starts with a pornographic. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Stop, I don't want to see that. I'm kidding. Um, I, I want to, you know, reiterate that I am kidding. <laughs> um, okay, this this is a this is my second to last theory, and I think you guys are going to like... Your penultimate. I think you guys are going to, like, hate me for this one. Uh-oh. But I heard this theory. Not even a theory. It was just someone who sent in a, a question to the Streaming Things podcast. I don't know if you guys have, like, listened to it at all. <laughs> and... Someone sends in a question to these two guys on this podcast, and they go, so, like, Vecna, pretty creepy how his body is just, like, all made of vines, so he's just, like, naked, and then it's just vines wrapped around him. Did his, like, thing get seared off when when Eleven (laughs) banished him? the upside down because you don't see it, and he's supposed to be naked. Like, there's not even, like... Is he supposed to be naked? He's got vines covering him, like skin tight vines. Like he is. Like, the vines could be covering his junk. But shouldn't they be like a bulge? Oh my god! <laughs> Next, I I'm just gonna say that former chaos on the set guest Jacob Bellotti, who was on our Better Call Saul and our White Lotus episode, thinks Vecna is hot, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Jim Carrey's The Grinch. <laughs> Does he? A little a bit, little. maybe. A little. Um, okay, well, anyway, I think his, I think his, his, it, it got, I think it got seared off. Okay, anyway. <laughs> we'll, we'll put a poll on Chaos on the Set's Twitter. Oh. Let us know. Do you oh. think Vecna <laughs> has a penis or not? Okay. This is rated E for explicit. It's fine. <laughs> All right, anyway, this is the last theory I have for you guys, and this is by far my favorite, favorite, favorite one. I just, I want to say for the record, I do think yes. he still has his junk. <laughs> it's Same. important that he can reproduce. Okay, favorite, favorite, favorite one, okay? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of this one. I saw it online, but I, I I, love it. So, as you know, my favorite character, Eddie, 
perished. Rest in peace, Eddie. Um, and something we don't see, sadly, is, like, the immediate aftermath of what do they do with his body? Does Dustin just run right back to the trailer and, like, go back up and they leave his body there? Do, do Steve and them reunite? Does Steve and the girls help carry his body out? What happened to Eddie's body? We have no evidence that they did, like, get it, you know? Because I mm-hmm. feel like then they would have given the body to the, his uncle. I don't know. But anyway, I just think they probably left his body there because how were they going to, like, bring it back? They'd be risking their lives, right? There's this theory that, and this is entirely steeped in D&D lore. In the D&D lore, there is this vampire that exists called Cal. And they mention Cal in Stranger Things in the very first episode of season four when they are playing D&D and Eddie is like, oh, you know, he raises a hood and it's Vecna. And then and then um, Mike says, no, Vecna is dead. He was killed by Cass. And then, um, like, Eddie goes, well, so you thought, my friend, so you thought, but, like, here he is. In D&D lore, Cass is, like, Vecna's lieutenant. He's a vampire and he basically serves Vecna. But then one day he betrays him and kills him uh, so he can, like, gain power over him or whatever, right? It's established that they know who Cass is because he exists in their, like, D&D manual. And the theory is that, well, Eddie got eaten or killed or eaten alive or whatever by Demobats. Could the Demobats turn Eddie's body into a vampire? And would maybe Vecna, like basically take control of vampire Eddie and make him, like, his second hand in command next season? And will it go like the D&D lore goes, and will he betray Vecna in the end and, like, kill Vecna? Or is this, kill just, to be, just to be clear, though, if he does betray and kill Vecna, right, it's then so he can become the evil well, power it's not say, like it's not this. like helping out the kids in hawkins i'm gonna well, backstab then, then vecna let's, let's say this maybe it'll turn into like and then dustin's gonna have to kill eddie well, let's think maybe he maybe he doesn't kill vecna maybe he remembers who he was in a past life and he turns on vecna and helps them Ugh, that right. would that would be ridiculous i do my, think, my ridiculous. Main issue I think is it'd be that ridiculous if this... eddie comes back to save the day I will freak out. Like, if he comes back <laughs> as a vampire for doing evil, fine. And I think he probably will come back. I don't think we've seen the end of Eddie. But if he comes back and does some good shit, I'm going to be pissed off. I kind of want to have seen the ed- end of Eddie because this season already didn't kill anyone, basically. So to have your only death be True. inconsequential would be very yeah. frustrating. I-, I did just think it was so interesting that they did name drop that D&D character in their campaign like oh but we thought Cass killed him and then he dies by getting eaten by bats and it's just like I don't know I'm just like is that a it could happen I think it's a very fun fun theory if it does happen I think it's a long shot but I'm like once I once I watched back and I didn't even know they mentioned him in the first episode I was just watching back that D&D scene where they're like rolling against Vecna Mm -hmm. in their campaign and when Mike goes but we thought Cass like killed him I was like what the fuck (laughs) so I don't know I think Duff Brothers like I don't think they just put throwaway lines sometimes for the sake of it I think they like to they love to connect stuff back to like D&D lore they love using it so who knows 
Before we wrap things up, I want to end the episode with a long-term bet. We all know Shruti has an affinity for long-term bets. I do love them. It keeps us together. It does. So mine is, it's a two-parter. One, how many main character deaths do you think there will be next season? Mm-hmm. And bonus points if you can predict who exactly Ooh. is going to die. I will say two. Just okay. because, and I'll go Nancy. Wow. Wow, Nancy. And um, I don't think Max can die because I don't think why so. keep her alive just to kill her later? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Lucas can die. I don't. Let's, you can't kill Mike if you're killing Nancy. Like that, the wheelers are gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Their mom will have. A don't, and I don't think you can kill Will because again, the same thing. He's too special. So, I guess what Nancy and don't kill Robin. Don't bury your gaze. Um, Nancy Steve. and Steve. It'll have I, to be Nancy and Steve because I think you do need at least two main character deaths. So I don't want them to kill. I don't think they'd kill Robin because they're setting up this whole uh, little love thing with uh, Anne. They could kill Joyce. <laughs> I don't. I see. I don't think they can kill Joyce. Her and she's Hopper. Just gone through too much. I think her and Hopper have gone, have gone too far. They can't kill Hopper. If they kill Hopper, they can't be kill Hopper. Stupid. Yeah, because they already That's teased his writing. death yeah. once before. You can't do it again. Could they kill Dustin? I just oh, don't think so you can kill Dustin. Pissed. He's the favorite. I mean, he's my favorite. I. Think... Who's your favorite? It's not Mike. It's not Will. Sorry, no. Will. Do you, mean out, do you mean out of the kids? Yeah, out of the four. It's Dustin. Oh, like, oh, he's everyone's boys. favorite. It's Dustin, yeah. Because Max is my favorite, but she's not the core four. Yeah. Um, it's Dustin. <laughs> I like Lucas, too. Who are they killing? Um, Could Eleven I think, die? Ooh, I would love I it think, if Eleven I died. I think Eleven. Eleven she, is the Daenerys think, Targaryen of this season. Series. Also, I I think Spoilers Millie, Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown probably wants Eleven <laughs> yeah. to die. She's Millie Bobby Brown literally... That went in an interview and was yeah. like I was mad at the Duffer Brothers for not like just executing people Game of Thrones style this season yeah. and the Duffer Brothers literally responded to her and were like yeah like, but I not, think it's like we're not Game of Thrones yeah but I think it's like playful banter like I don't think I know, it's an I know. actual beef between them but okay Kate what's your prediction Shruti says two um I'm gonna say three wow and I'm gonna three. say Mur- Murray I think Murray's gonna die. Oh, I'd say Murray dies. Can I? Can I add that to mine? No, no. <laughs> I guess Murray. Well, I does guess Murray th- count as a main character? That's why I didn't. I think. I think, so. I think after he's, this season, yes. He's been in it enough. He was so prominent in both season three and four. So yeah. I thought. Mur- I thought for sure Murray was dying this season. I was amazed when him and that Russian guard lived. Jack and Hagar. Mm-hmm. I do love the I love the Russian guard. Uh, what's his uh, Enzo? I mean, that's not his yeah. real name, but so Kate, you're okay. going with three Murray. Three, and I, I think it's Murray. I think it's Steve. Oh, I can't kill off Steve Harrington. I guess, and I could. think it's Mike. Ooh, kill no, Mike. I could see Jonathan dying. I want Mike to die. <laughs> All right, Mike. What's your bet? Oh, sorry, Mike. Mm-hmm. I I don't want you to I'm, die. I'm I'm going with one. I'm going and with one. It? I think they're. Honestly, I'm surprised if Kate wait, said if Kate said wait. one. Hold on. Wait, wait. I want to do four now. Whoa. Okay, fine. Do four. Jesus Can Christ. Can I say my fourth? Yeah. yeah go ahead. Vecna. 
Oh, that does not count. That yes, does not count. You cannot. You can't use Fine, that. Then, then it's three. Then it's, my, then it's yeah. my three. <laughs> yeah, that Fine. doesn't count. You can't count Vecna and then not let me read back. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, fine, fine, Vecna. fine. Fine, fine, fine. What I, was yours, Michael? So, if, let me just put this out there. Kate, if you said one character, I was there was no way I was going to go for three. So, I was actually going to say zero because I could just see oh. them not killing any main characters. Um,. I'm going to go one main character and I think it's got to we we've got to come full circle here. There's got to be No. It's got to no, be someone no in buyers? the It's got to be someone Not in the Will. buyers family. No. Someone. It's either Jonathan or Will. But no. I'm going to I'm going to say Jonathan. I think okay. they spend too much time keeping Will alive. Like, you know, oh, we can't, in season two, they're like, we can't uh, destroy these tunnels because it'll also kill Will. If you're going to just kill him in season five, you should have killed him in season two. All your problems Yo, will be solved. If they kill Noah Snap, he'll go ballistic on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but it could be a thing where it's like, to end it all, truly once and for all, he has to die along with him. That's... That's my theory, but so wait, nobody bet eleven. Can I please bet eleven? Can I add okay, fine, eleven? Fine, fine. You can do three, and you can. Oh no, 11. I'll take Steve out. I'll say I'm staying on two, but I'm saying eleven and Nancy instead of Steve okay. and Nancy. Okay. Okay. Why wow, you uh, hate women, don't you? I just... <laughs> All right, I'm going with Jonathan. <laughs> I, I just want the men to die. <laughs> Jonathan um, with a will runner up. So here's the recap of the bet. We have Kate betting three people are going to die. Murray, Steve, and Mike. I'm betting two. Eleven and Nancy. And Mike is betting one. Jonathan, let us know who you think is going to die by tweeting (laughs) at Chaos on the set. Shall we wrap things up, dear friends? Yes, this was a very long and engaging and thoughtful episode. I'm happy we got to discuss this show. It was almost Uh the same length as a Stranger Things episode. (laughs) Mike, would Aww. you care to tell people where they can find you? Sure, you can follow me on Letterboxd at mricardi. Unfortunately, you can't log Stranger Things on Letterboxd, though, because it's a TV show. And that's really? always Yeah, no, it's just Well, you can movies. log some shows. You can, you can you log, log miniseries. You could log Yeah, I guess it's miniseries. Yeah. But no Stranger Things. Where can we find it you on is. Twitter? <laughs> Somewhere out there. Somewhere in the if Upside you dig, Down? If you dig hard enough, yeah. You can follow, follow me on Twitter at Kate underscore Wyatt. I have a letterbox, but Mike said I'm not allowed to use it or he will drag me to some undisclosed location and then let the portals open to the upside down and he'll make sure that I'm in the middle of it when it opens and it'll sear me in half and disintegrate me. Well, I actually have Eleven's power, so I would just send you into that portal myself. Create a new one. <laughs> would Kate lose her <laughs> But I lose my penis. And you can follow me on Twitter at Micromorante. And again, please follow our show on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Tweet us all of your thoughts on theories. You can find them all at Chaos on the Set.